the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to today's edition of The Plum Line, brought to you by Reasons for Hope, training and equipping a new generation to stand boldly on the Word of God. You can find information about them at r4h.com. That's the letter R, then F-O-R-H.com. Now's a good time to check out their new resource, Glad You Asked, answers to 12 tough questions about Christmas that you need answers for. You can pick up a copy at r4h.com. I'm your host, Jay Rudolph, and thanks for tuning in to The Plumb Line. I'm going to continue my visit with Avery Foley of Answers in Genesis as we discuss climate change from a biblical worldview. You can reach me anytime at this email, theplumblineradio at gmail.com. Plum is P-L-U-M-B. And remember, The Plumb Line is a listener-supported Christian radio ministry. It exists because of your support. So reach out to me via email, and I can connect you with how to support The Plumb Line Radio at gmail.com. Open Door Financial was founded with the inspiration of using biblical wisdom to create financial plans and investment strategies that lead to financial peace and build the kingdom of God. We guide families and small business owners on how to save money, reduce taxes, get out of debt, build enough retirement income, and be more generous. We help you discover God's plan for your finances and fulfill your God-given dreams and purpose. Call Jason Bat at Open Door Financial at 619-794-7133. That's 619-794-7133 or visit opendoor-financial.com. Securities and advisory services offered through Centaurus Financial, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC, a registered broker-dealer and registered investment advisor. Open Door Financial and Centaurus Financial are not affiliated entities. Proverbs Payments is a partner with The Plumb Line in helping me to raise the funds necessary for broadcasting this gospel-proclaiming show. Proverbs Payments is a Christian credit card processing company who is kingdom-focused instead of profit-focused. To learn about how they can benefit your business or ministry, visit ProverbsPayments.com. On today's edition of The Plumb Line, my guest is Avery Foley, writer and speaker with Answers in Genesis. And we have been talking about climate change from a biblical worldview. If you missed the first edition of this two-part series, you can find that at places where you go for podcasts. Take Spotify, for example. Just go there and put in The Plumb Line with Jay Rudolph. You'll be able to look up our visits and our first part of this series and a lot of other editions as well. hundred topics or more, probably almost a couple hundred different topics that have been covered on the plumb line. And so lots and lots of resources and material for you to digest when you check it out at places where you go for podcasts. Well, Avery, welcome back. Good to have you back in the broadcast. Thank you very much. Yeah, and I want to pick up right where we left off because I realized that you and I are both very fast talkers, but I made you cram in a lot of information <laughs> into the end of the last show. So let me give you a little bit more time here because this is worthy of diving into even more. And the question was related to we have this dual role here. We've been given dominion over the earth. We're told that in Genesis one twenty-eight, And so we are to be good stewards, but 
how far do we take that? And I brought up this fact about, you know, there's a lot of effort. In fact, the focus of the efforts from the, the secular worldview is on controlling emissions, making every car electric, controlling the emissions from plants, uh, getting rid of coal plants, and just on and on and on. We can't even have cattle anymore because they create too much gas. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, so all the, the, that's where the focus is from the world. And we chuckle at that, but they're, they're really doing all these things and really pushing us all that way. And it, and it does come down, again, to the difference in worldview. And, and I guess the biblical worldview mm-hmm. teaches that we don't want to do those things that would harm mankind in our efforts to try to, quote-unquote, save mankind. <laughs> right. <laughs> and part of that comes from actually understanding the, the data. So everyone automatically associates climate change and carbon dioxide emissions, right? That's CO2 has been blamed for climate change since the Industrial Revolution. But again, like we talked about last time, you have periods like the medieval warming period and the Little Ice Age, long before mankind was driving around in SUVs and making factories, right? So what accounted for that climate change, which was quite significant, if like people were farming on Greenland, like that's how significant it was during like the, the medieval warming period where people could actually farm Greenland. Don't go farm Greenland today. It won't work. <laughs> You're not going to get very many crops. Um, so what caused that? Well, there's different hypotheses, maybe sunspot activity. It would make sense if the sun has impact on our climate <laughs> because it, you know, it's kind of really responsible for uh, the heat on earth. So there's different ideas about that, but that should cause us to automatically question, okay, we can't say all of the change in climate has to be caused by CO2 emissions if we've experienced warming in the past and, and humans couldn't have been responsible uh, for, for that warming with, with carbon dioxide emissions. And then we also have to understand that CO2 isn't actually the biggest greenhouse gas. Uh, clouds and water vapor account for somewhere between 80 to 90 or maybe even closer to 95% of the greenhouse effect so that that traps heat on earth keeps it from you know reflecting off into space which is a good thing because if we didn't have uh, the greenhouse effect we'd all die it'd be way too cold to to live on earth so god designed that so that we would not freeze to death and the oceans wouldn't freeze and all of that but co2 is, is not the the main greenhouse gas it only accounts for it depends Again, climate isn't that well understood, so there's a big range here. It accounts for maybe 20 to to as low as 4% of warming. And of that, humans only produce, and again, there's some variables here we don't really know, but somewhere between 1%, less than 1%, or just a fraction of a percent of that carbon dioxide, which only accounts for you know, four to twenty percent of the total greenhouse effect. So humans in any looking at the numbers here in any way account for a very, very, very small percent of that warming, if any of the warming at all. So should we really be spending billions and trillions of dollars and totally changing our way of life and, and continuing to keep those who are in impoverished nations in poverty to account for less than one percent of potential warming? That's a question that people really need to think about and consider and weigh, okay, is is it really worth it? Probably not worth it. Because when you look at the numbers, we see that cold actually kills more people than heat. So if we have a a climate that is is warming a little bit, that's okay. Um, Less people will actually die because of that. And you'll have the ability to farm in places we can't farm right now, which makes more food for more people. Increased carbon dioxide. Plants love carbon dioxide, right? That's what they take in. They put out oxygen. 
increased carbon dioxide means a greener planet. And we've already seen that because of increased levels. We've seen greening happening in about 70% of that greening. They, they think it's because of in- increased carbon dioxide. So that actually can, helps mankind and it helps animals because if plants thrive, animals thrive, mankind thrives. So you need to have a bigger perspective on this than just what the media likes to, to put in front of us. Mm, yeah, yeah. And I'm kind of curious, too, because, you know, the media will take every little example that might be out there and, you know, maybe there's more tornadoes or more hurricanes that season and say, OK, there's, you know, proof. There's our evidence or the, the temperatures. And I remember them talking this summer in particular has been really, really hot. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you look at that and this is going back to kind of what you said about some of these climate models and things, when you look at that over a broader view and don't just, you know, take one summer and, oh, it's super hot this summer. So that's that proves our theory or hypothesis. and But the models really, as you've said, there have always been seasons of you know fluctuating temperatures and things like that, but it, it just does not bear out what they're trying to claim, does it? Yeah. And, and we also have to understand when the media presents that like, this is the worst hurricane because look at the billions of dollars of damage, the amount of people that were impacted. We also have to take a step back and remember, okay, but there's more people alive now than there were in the past. There's more buildings, there's more infrastructure than in the past. So, of course, hurricanes, tornadoes, all that are going to have a bigger impact in terms of loss of life, loss of property, the cost of it, because there's more people and more infrastructure in the way of of the hurricane. And we're living in places we weren't living in before. Uh, So we have to keep all of that in mind when the media tries to stir up panic is to remember, no, wait, there's more going on here than, than just what they're saying. And, and humans have a short memory. We don't remember things that happened, you know, not even that long ago. There have been awful disasters that have happened in the past um, because we live in a fallen, broken world. And that's a, a sad consequence of that. Um, so we need to keep all of that in mind as we're reading these uh, inflammatory headlines. The one thing that I think a lot about in relationship to climate change is it's just a, another means of power, wielding power or control over the populace, mm-hmm. I, I think. And I've had some guests on that have talked about how climate change will be used even, you know, to kind of usher in the, the end times and many of the, you know, changes that we can see and read about in Revelation and the like and, you know, the oncoming of the Antichrist and all those sorts of things. And that may be a little bit far-fetched, but it certainly is a possibility. My point being is I think there's just a, a lot of grace missing in this discussion here. If someone wants to drive an electric vehicle, I think that's perfectly fine. They have the right to do that, and I'm not going to look down upon them for driving an electric vehicle, but they ought not to have the right to force me and force the entire world, for that matter, to drive an electric vehicle. So that's kind of what's missing in all of this. It's really getting about forcing and power and control over people, isn't it? Yeah, fear controls people. I mean, we've seen that. We've seen that in our very recent history. <laughs> sure, everyone knows what I'm referring to. We've <laughs> seen how fear really does control people. It, the book of Ecclesiastes says everyone has eternity in their hearts, right? God has put eternity in their hearts. Humans have a natural fear of death and a fear of what happens when I die. And if you are not grounded in Christ, and in the knowledge that when I die, for me to live as Christ, to die is gain. I get to go be with the Lord for eternity. If you don't have that hope, this life is all you have. And if something threatens the life that you have, that fear will control you. And it will make you not think clearly and do all kinds of things in an attempt to control that and to not lose your life and lose everything that you have 
here in this temporal world. And so they, this climate change is another tool that's being used to gain government control over things and to control people with fear. We, and we really see that, especially with the younger generations who've just been so indoctrinated through the public education system and through the media to be afraid of climate change, to, to view the, those who are older than them as having wasted their opportunity to change things. And the, like, look what those people did. They didn't save the planet for you. Now you have no hope. Now everything is awful for you. We, you know, we might have five more years to turn the ship around, but nobody's doing anything. Like all of that is just creating this churning um, feeling of resentment and fear and resentment and fear. And that doesn't help anything. And it, it certainly isn't biblical because we're commanded over and over. One of the most common commands in scripture is do not be afraid. We have a God who is in control, who loves us, who made us, who designed this planet, who designed it for life to thrive and to flourish, even in a fallen, broken world. Um, so Christians should not be jumping on the bandwagon of fear and allowing that to motivate us. We need to keep cool heads, go back to what the Word of God says, trust in God, and use this as an opportunity to point people who are afraid towards the gospel and the hope that we have that this world, this life is not all there is. We can look towards Christ and eternity with him. Mm, yeah. It's obviously a very challenging issue to not only think through, but as far as taking action and the practical aspect of it, because you've got the one side that I think there are many people who sincerely believe that they're saving mankind and, and helping people by trying to force regulate all the things that I referred to before, you know, no more coal and um, changing the way that we produce energy and, and all of this. And then there's the other side of this and basically holding to the fact that actually that's going to do harm to mankind because as you've brought up, you know, mm -hmm. those who are poor, it's going to be a lot more difficult for food production and things like that. And for those who are impoverished, it's only going to get worse as a result of some of these things we're trying to do. And, and when you have those competing worldviews and different understandings, both sides think that they're doing right uh, for mankind. That's what really makes it such a difficult, complex issue, isn't it? It is. It, it really is. And when you have an emotionally charged debate, too, this isn't like, you know, just these people who do science sitting in the corner having a, you know, polite, friendly discussion. There's so much emotion that goes along with this. And, and that, of course, also muddies the waters because emotion always does. So we have to be careful that we're, we're thinking clearly. We're actually looking at the data. We, we often hear there's a consensus among scientists, all scientists. That's, that's simply not true. There are many scientists who don't agree that climate change is something to panic over, that it's being caused by mankind, that we can do anything about it. So we have to understand that there's no scientific consensus on this and that the data actually, there's more than one way to look at it. And we need to just be careful and, and understand things like the data has, is only from the 70s. Like we've had data measurements since 1880, but those ones were rather poor. It was from land-based weather stations scattered over the world. And so it wasn't the best measurements. The, the good measurements are from the 1970s when we had satellite data. And even then, it wasn't until 2002 they were able to kind of tweak that to get it to be even more precise. So all of these models are working off a very limited amount of data that's only been available for a little while, and yet they're trying to make extrapolations out for you know decades and centuries of what things are going to be. Well, we got to hold back and be careful because the data just doesn't give us the ability to do that. And everything's a computer model, right? It's all based on computer modeling. And what you put in determines what you're going to get out. And if you have the wrong parameters being put in because your data is poor and you don't have enough data then that's going to determine what you get out. So we, we just have to keep all of that in mind, keeping a cool head, thinking about this biblically and understanding that 
yeah, we are to be good stewards. So we don't want to do things that just purposely destroy the planet because, oh, God's going to make a new heavens and new earth anyway. What's the point? Well, the point is God has told us that we need to care for what he made. He, he gave it to us to be his stewards. So we do want to take care of it. We do want to make sure we're not needlessly polluting or littering or, you know, destroying native habitat so that God's creation has nowhere to live. Like we want to make sure we're not doing those things, but keeping a balanced perspective as opposed to falling into a ditch on one side or the other. Mm, yeah, exactly. Which is vital in every issue that we uh, deal with, mm-hmm. no doubt about it. So, and I like your statement there. Keep a cool head. I think I'm going to make a slogan. Keep a cool head about global warming. <laughs> uh, thank you for that. Avery Foley is my guest here, and we're talking about uh, global warming, climate change from a biblical worldview on the Plum Line. Appreciate you spending some time with us. We've got one more segment yet to come here, so stick around. And I'd love to have you reach out to me and share your thoughts, comments, questions about the broadcast. Maybe you have a guest or topic idea, something you would like to hear covered or discussed on The Plum Line. I would love to hear about that. You can reach me at this email address, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Plum is P-L-U-M-B, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Stay tuned. Support for The Plum Line is provided by these fine business sponsors. EPS Wealth Management of Phoenix, who serves clients in several states. Call them for a no-cost, no-obligation conversation about your financial concerns. 623-537-3657. Abundant Life Landscape, your irrigation repair specialist. Call them at 619-277-2410. And by Charles McLucas, Jr., founder and CEO of Charitable Trust Administrators, Inc., Learn about the benefits of a charitable remainder trust at ctai-ca.com. Support for The Plum Line is also provided by Simple Turn. Their online health resources teach your kids how health really works and how to avoid 90% of chronic disease. Get your family's free health course at mysimpleturn.com. Thanks for tuning in to The Plum Line. I'm your host, Jay Rudolph. On the broadcast today, I'm joined by Avery Foley, writer and speaker with Answers in Genesis. We're talking about climate change from a biblical worldview. And we're just going to kind of highlight, summarize our discussion over the past couple days here of broadcasts as we want to make sure that we drive home the important points here. And one thing that I guess we have stressed is that Really, the controversy, the dispute over this issue of climate change doesn't come down to whether one believes in climate change or not, because really everyone should believe in that. It's pretty evident and obvious that over centuries and in the several thousand years since God created the earth, there have been many changes, times when it was hotter, times when it was colder, the ice ages, fears of global warming that we that some have now. Those have been going on and on for a long time, but the reality is in the just in the perspective that is taken, and that's what the plumb line is all about here. It's looking at issues from a biblical worldview. And so if you're someone who comes to the table with a, a different worldview, particularly a secular humanistic worldview, which ultimately doesn't look at the world through the lens of the Bible like the biblical worldview does, you're obviously going to come to a different understanding of this issue. And that's really kind of what we've been talking about the past couple of days here. That's what it boils down to. It really does. That's what it comes down to. And and part of that is the difference between what we call observational science and historical science. So climate change gets into both of those. 
observational science and science, we can directly test, observe, and repeat. So we can directly test and measure the current temperature. Obviously, we can't go back in the past and directly measure past temperatures. We can only do that in the present. So part of that is going to be observational science. We make observations about the world around us. We can test. We can measure things. But then you also have historical science that comes in where we're dealing with the past. And you cannot directly test, observe, or repeat the past. So the worldview you come to the evidence with is going to determine how you interpret that evidence. And if you come to the evidence from the past with the belief in a long time for Earth's history, you know, tens of thousands of years to the last ice age and then millions of years before that, billions of years for the age of the universe, then you're going to have a very different interpretation of the evidence than someone like myself who comes to it with the perspective of the biblical history, that God created everything just a few thousand years ago, that sin broke God's once very good creation, that there was a global flood that impacted the climate majorly, and then you have post-flood ice age, all of that. So depending on your worldview, depending on your starting point, you're going to interpret historical science very, very differently. We might agree on the observational science, but when it comes to historical science, your worldview makes a big, big difference. Yeah, well, and that brings me to just summarizing things here and asking you to kind of pull this together as far as what do you want people to come away with from all of this? Most importantly, we want people to understand that a relationship with Jesus Christ is what changes everything, not just your view about climate change and what we've been talking about here, Mm -hmm. but transforms your life completely. And so the gospel is ultimately most important here. But what do you want people to come away with from our discussion? I would like people to remember, first of all, keep a proper theology of who God is in mind, that God is in control. He is sovereign over his creation and that he loves what he has made. Um, We have to understand that while humans can impact the environment, we we certainly do that. We see in the past where humans have not been careful and we have polluted waterways and and done damage and we've had to stop and correct that. But we're not the the be-all, end-all of what happens here on earth, right? God is in control and his plan will triumph over what we do and over our failures. And God has revealed the end of mankind and it is not man-made climate change. That's not how it's going to end because God will come and he is going to judge with fire as as second Peter three talks about. So we have to understand that balance between our responsibility, but always keeping in mind the sovereignty of God. So that's one thing I would remind people of. And then also God's command not to be afraid not to live lives that are full of fear. That's what our culture wants us to do. They want us to live in a constant state of fear, but Christians shouldn't be controlled by fear because we serve the God who tells us over and over again, do not be afraid. I am always with you. I am in control. So we need to keep that in mind. And then just also keep in mind the promises of God where he's promised that as long as the earth remains, you know, until he comes again and judges, Seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer, winter, day and night, they're not going to cease. And when God makes a promise, that's where you can put your money on, right? Like you put your money in the bank of the promises of God because mm-hmm. God's promises never, ever fail. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he made that promise way back at the time of Noah, you know, 4,300 years ago, he will keep that promise because he always does. And then I guess the, the final thing would be, Maybe the second final thing (laughs) would be remembering that our primary focus is always has to be on people made in the image of God, that we care about creation, but we also need to make sure we care about people and that we have to balance caring for God's creation 
with caring for people and, and keeping people's best in mind so human life can flourish. And, and of course, as human life flourishes, we are able to better care for the environment. It's easier to care about God's creation when you're not struggling with what you can, should eat tomorrow, right? Like, do I have food for tomorrow? Do I have fuel to keep me warm? You're not going to care for God's creation as well when you don't know where your next meal is coming from versus if we're able to help people out of poverty, then people are better able to pay attention to that. And of course, we're sinners. So you've got greed and you've got corruption. You've got all that. We have to keep all of God's word in mind and, and remember the human condition. But as a general principle, lifting people out of poverty will also help the environment. So we have to remember all of that. It's a complex issue, but ultimately God's word gives us the hope that we need and allows us to look at things very differently than those who do not have God's word are going to look at things. Mm, Yeah, and we care for mankind, and we work to protect mankind because mankind is made in the image of God, and Mm -hmm. we want each and every person to know that uh, God loves and cares for him and for her. And so that, uh, yeah, brings us to that most important message of the gospel that we communicated in the first uh, broadcast of this two-part series here. And I want to remind you, if you're tuning in and missed that, that the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news, is for all. It is for you tuning Mm -hmm. in right now who may not know or have a relationship with Jesus. And so come to Jesus Christ. Realize that he took your sin upon himself. He died on the cross and rose again so that you would be granted eternal life and restoration of the relationship with your creator that was broken by your sin and by mine as well. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and all are in need of the Savior, Jesus Christ. And so if you need to know more about this, I'm just a brief exposition there, but if you need to know more and need to understand this better, again, the email to reach out to me is theplumlineradio at gmail.com, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. Well, thank you so much, Avery. I really appreciate you being with me again, and I look forward to being able to visit with you again in the future on The Plum Line. Oh, thanks for having me, Jay. Avery Foley, a writer and speaker with Answers in Genesis, my guest today as we have discussed climate change from a biblical worldview. And if you're maybe just flipped on the dial here and realized you missed the show, you can find it at places where you go for podcasts. Again, a reminder, just look up The Plum Line with Jay Rudolph at Spotify, for example, and you'll be able to listen to this show or any others there. My thanks to you for tuning in. I do hope that you will support and encourage those businesses that sponsor the Plum Line as they make it possible for the Plum Line to be on the air in your area. And so do reach out to them and say thanks and do business with them if you can utilize their services. We'll see you next time on the Plum Line. The Plum Line has been sponsored by Reasons for Hope. Check them out at r4h.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.